today I'm going to be joined by a very special guest. My husband Charles and I are going to be discussing our top five things that we did while on our trip to Italy last year. If you guys want to check out a few more of mine, you can see my complete list of things to experience in Italy on my blog, CocoLikeChanel.com. So with that, I hope you enjoy. Down to business. Do you have your list? Yeah, we're doing France. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Welcome everyone to Tea with Coco. I am Coco like Chanel and I have my very favorite guest that I've ever had join me, my husband Charles. And one of my friends requested that we do a podcast on Italy and we went last year and the reason we haven't done a podcast on Italy yet is because we did one on Paris, which we were never able to post because we were puppy sitting for a friend. No, we did both. No, we didn't. You, no, we did Paris. You accidentally thought the Uffizi Museum was the Louvre. No, no, no. We don't need to get into that. And no, 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 no. Okay, I will go back after this and you can verify. But anyway, we had some technical difficulties. We did both. We, we did not. I think we did both. Okay. Uh, I'll record a little bit after we finish doing this session and you can verify after I play it for you that we no. only did Paris. Well, yeah, you may only play the Paris part for oh, me. Oh, my So... Also, I just want to get on the record. You said your your very favorite guest. Would you also say that person is your best friend? Oh my gosh, I'm not having this argument again. <laughs> I believe that there is a difference between a husband and a best friend. So Charles has gotten annoyed basically since the second month we started dating almost a decade ago because I said one of my girlfriends was my best friend. But you could also agree that your husband could also be your best friend yeah i just feel like that's a different category than like female best friends or like you know just best friend outside of the like spousal relationship all right and that is neither here nor there i was simply saying that i have enjoyed having you on my podcast even though it's sometimes extraordinarily painful she enjoys having her best friend on her oh. podcast with her it that's completely not understandable what I said. that's not what I, okay a little sip of wine a little italian juice here okay that's not from Italy. <laughs> so what I thought we would do is kind of go through a similar flow like we did with our trip to Maui and each talk about our top five things and then do superlatives of like near misses, things we almost put on our list. And so we may have some crossover. Um, and I want to quickly highlight the places that we went in Italy. I'll just be clear. I only have five. So. Oh, my gosh. That's all you liked I in Italy? Know. No, I didn't know that there were. That we needed We've more than We've always that. done superlatives. The New Orleans restaurant review that we did, superlatives. Maui that we did, superlatives. And Paris that we did that you now think is both Paris and Italy, we also did near misses superlatives. So... I think it stands to reason that we would do the same flow on this podcast. Frantically trying to think of superlatives. Right, well, maybe it'll come up. If not, I'll just list mine. 
So let's start with our number fives each and guests can go first. So tell me what was your number five of, oh no, I wanted to say the cities that we went to before we started. So we flew from Paris to Venice and we went from Venice to Florence, from Florence to Pisa, from Pisa to the Cinque Terre coast. And from the Cinque Terre, we took the train all the way down to Rome and then we flew home from Rome. So those are the cities that we're covering. Although we did also visit Lucca on our way from Pisa to the Cinque Terre with your parents. Yes, we did. Luca, the walled city where they have the famous music concert. The woman, Matilda of Tuscany, that I have the tattoo on is from there. Yeah. You remember? All it was raining. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Glad we're on the same page. All right. So go. We're talking our top five from any of those cities, any of those experiences. And go ahead. Number five. So my number one from France. No. Was... <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't. I literally can't. <laughs> so, alright. So, uh, to be fair, I made this list several months ago. Um, my number five, in hindsight, doesn't seem to be quite as <laughs> oh, no. substantial as it did at that point. Um, but, I have number five... A pizza restaurant in Rome. Oh my god, <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> to be fair, it was really good pizza. It was really good. We went. We went there. So we were in Rome for. We flew in one afternoon. We did not fly in. We took the train in. We tr- we trained in one <laughs> afternoon, and spent one night. Then we were there for one full day. Uh-huh. Then we left. So we were there for a very short period of time. Both nights we were in Rome, we went to the same pizza place. <laughs> got that. I think we got the exact same thing each night. Look, it was so good. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. So it was Le Rioni, which was very near the Colosseum. Um, and actually a, a big part of what I really liked about it I think ties back into New Orleans and it was the bread or the crust. Um, the second night we were there, we talked to the waiter about, mm-hmm. like, all right, like what do you do with your crust? Like, why is it so Cause I make pizza good. a lot here and I make Mondo. And his answer essentially was it's the climate, the weather. I have know, no it, chance is what he was saying. Yeah. So that made me think back to, New Orleans and one of the things that we love so much about it and that um, it's the the French bread. The Leimenheimer bread. And the po'boys and whatnot. And we've actually since found out that there are restaurants, well, there's one in San Diego that actually flies out the Leidenheimer bread uh, to use in their po'boys. Which is made in uh, Baton Rouge, but, right? And then they tried to make it in New Orleans and the no, no, was no, 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 no. It... It had been made in New Orleans forever. They tried to move production to Baton Rouge. Oh, it was the opposite. Okay. It did not work. Right. It was very different, and they moved it back to New Orleans. Um, but anyway, the pizza was phenomenal. Um, the crust was great. We had pizza in other places um, in Italy, and actually I'll get to another one of those 
later. Are all of yours food? Um, just so I know what I'm in for. <laughs> just, what? Is this a restaurant slash food review of Italy? One is not food. <laughs> okay. So. Mine are not all food. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the pizza place was perfect. Um, mm. You know, I think I would go eat there once a week if it were here. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, uh, super crispy and light, and yeah. the toppings were perfectly proportioned. Um, of course, I got meat. I did not. And the meat was, was great. Um, and I, I think we actually ate our whole individual pizzas. Well, the crust is so thin, it's kind of like having like three or four pieces of flatbread. It's very different than like a pizza here in the United States where if you have two slices you're done and the crispiness of the bread is such that it's it's so aerated it's yeah it's absolutely gorgeous I mean it was delicious yeah so that that was my number five (laughs) that was good I remember the first night we went there it's kind of like in a little alley so we were taking twists and turns and it was at nighttime because we got in in the afternoon and we went to try to find something, and I, we wanted to kind of walk around and see some of the sites as well. And it's like... And the Coliseum lit up at night. It's beautiful. It's like, what, two blocks, three blocks from the Coliseum? The pizza place? Yeah. It's pretty close. I mean, we walked to the Coliseum while we were waiting... For a table. For a table. Their house wine was also really good. We got a jug of it, you know, just kind of like a hara. I don't know... What's the word in English for the thing that's like the carafe? It's a carafe of, of wine. Um, and um, it was great wine, too. For like five euros, it was like nothing. Yeah. Great number five. Okay. I have my number five as how much fun I had walking around the cities with Belle, specifically in Venice, where... She was just adored, but obviously adored everywhere. The, you know, traveling with your dog to Europe, I did a whole podcast on this if you guys are interested in how we did it and the documentation and everything needed. But Belle was just an all-star on the whole trip. When we flew from Paris to Venice with her, there was a lot of weight limitations. So Belle just kind of met all of the guidelines for the size and weight dog to like be able to travel in the cabin. I think it was 25 euros for her to travel. You know, we landed in Venice. Uh, we found a great Airbnb that was dog friendly. All of the restaurants were really great. She had such a good time walking around. We had a little like tienda, like a little shop um, around the corner from us. And it was run by like the quintessential old Italian women, like just adorable. And Belle went in there and they just were completely enamored by her. And they were putting treats in their mouth and bending down so that Belle could take the treats out of their mouths. And at all the restaurants that we went to, like in Florence, they wrapped up our Florentine steak, which I'm sure you're going to talk about at some point in this podcast. We ate all of it. There was none left. <laughs> the T-bone. Uh, for, oh, well, they, yeah, yeah, they wrapped they, up the bone. They wrapped up the bone for her to take home, which she devoured. And it just was fun to be around the city with her and just feel more like you fit into the everyday culture there because they they love dogs and uh taking her to the Cinco Terry 
and we saw another little Blenheim there on the beach and just watching her being so excited and taking pictures of her at the Trevi Fountain and taking her into Gucci and into Maj to go shopping. And it was just wonderful to have that experience with her and you, but it was just a new experience for me having not gone to Italy with her before. And I absolutely loved it. We had no problems on the trains. In, even the people checking us in at the airport in Paris, do you remember when I showed them her passport and I was like all nervous, were they going to say something? And like, no, they were like calling other flight attendants over to like look at her little picture and because her name was Belle. No, I don't even think we had to show a passport. I don't even think they knew she was there. Well, no, I mean like when we <laughs> checked in with our bags and stuff and they were like weighing her. But anyway, that was my number five. I just had so much fun that our whole family was able to travel and from chasing birds to getting treats out of old Italian ladies' mouths, I think she had a good time too. So that's my number five. All right. My number four is a restaurant we <laughs> <laughs> A restaurant we ate at in Pisa. Um, it is called Le Le Republiche Marinere. Okay. You can email Coco for <laughs> spelling if you want. Um, but we stopped in Pisa to spend an overnight with my parents on the way to the Cinco Terre mm-hmm. and um, just found like a little it was a restaurant it wasn't even on a street no it was kind of off of like an alley in a courtyard yeah um, but it was amazing I got steak with um, they brought out the steak it was sliced and they brought out I think th- either three or four different types of um, of salts um, to sprinkle on it. Um, the steak was perfectly. All the salts were amazing. Um, and then you got a fish, mm-hmm. a whole fish, and the, the the server brought it out and he didn't he debone the whole fish mm-hmm. like right, right at there. the table. Um, yeah. And it was. I mean, that was one of the best fish yeah. I, I think we've had. Um, it had a lot of butter, which was good. Um, but just, I don't know, it's just like a small family-owned type restaurant in Pisa that was out of the way. and It, it was amazing. Um, we also had some good appetizers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got, oh, it was some kind of pasta with, was it with bison? Mm-hmm. Was it? I don't know. I can't remember it's the meat boar. Exactly. Or it boar. It was boar. Yeah. Boar, not bison. Um, which was delicious as well. It, that's a Tuscan classic Right. Dish. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that was my number four. And their pasta was very good as well. And I think it should be said for Italian meals, it sounds like we're eating a lot, which don't get me wrong, we did, but they bring out the dishes and you're supposed to have like four or five courses. They're all very small, like, you know, made for you to be able to enjoy multiple courses, which is so fun because you get to try so many different things. Um, 
So my number four is actually food related as well. I mean, it's hard to do a top five of things in LA and not have like 80% of them be food. But That's exactly <laughs> what mine is. Why were you being critical of that earlier? I have other things on my list. Oh. But uh, the we got a private chef at the house that we were staying at in the Cinco Terre region. And she came in. We coordinated beforehand, which the whole experience of coordinating with her beforehand was hilarious because we have a lot of dietary restrictions uh, for the whole family because everyone in your family joined. So both your sisters brought their family. So they each have two kids. So, And then uh, your parents, it was their 50th wedding anniversary celebration. So they were both there and obviously us and Belle as well. And so we decided to bring in a private chef and have a meal at home. And they just, they have such a love for it. Um, the discussion I got to have with her beforehand, like the first menu she proposed and we were like, nope, can't do that. Can't do that. Your mom doesn't like lamb. Like, it was like, she, Caroline won't eat lamb because of lamb chop when she was a little girl. It's lamely. Lamely, sorry. Um, so, Which was her stuffed animal lamb. Yeah, it was It was really cute. I've seen a picture. Does she still have it? I'm sure she does. I feel like I've actually seen Lamley. Um, so, but discussing those things with her and the care she took to each course and the entire production of the thing from them coming in and setting up while we were out to them clearing the tables and uh, making espresso to me hiding in the kitchen with them when they started talking about politics at the table to um, just the the speech that your dad gave about your mom. It's like everything a meal should be was represented for me in that meal from the family to the food to the, you know, just beautiful memory that it was and eating at twilight in the middle of these gorgeous rolling hills and having an amazingly well-prepared meal it was just wonderful so that was an experience i think for sure not obviously everyone can book a private chef but for that number of people it worked out really really well for us and i really had a good time that entire very long what would you say three four hours we were there at the table two gosh we do this Maybe every three. time every time I'm glad it didn't seem that long. That's good. It went by quickly for you. But <laughs> yeah, I think it was like some kind of pain and suffering. No, I just dirt. had it as my number four. I loved it. I was just <laughs> saying it I it was a very nice long meal and I really enjoyed every delicious morsel. Alright, well I had that higher up on my list right. and I have other things that I would add into that. Okay. Well you So I didn't interrupt you. Okay. Uh, you mean just now you did, but you didn't before? I thought you were done. No, I'm done. Okay. So that's my number four. <laughs> so my number three would be the Uffizi in Florence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we went to several art museums um, while we were in Europe. And I think this was far and away my favorite one. Um, we did the Louvre, we did the Monet, 
um, lily pad thing. Museum de Halls. Yeah. Um, but I think that the Uffizi was my favorite. Um, it had a bunch of Roman busts, which uh, is a period of history that I think is, I find interesting. Um, and then they had a bunch of, didn't they have a bunch of Da Vinci's? No. No? Botticelli. No. Yes. What about uh, Raphael? They have one Raphael the... angel. No. Yes. No, they had one one big one. Botticelli. I don't think so. Baby, there's the Birth of Venus and La Primavera, which are the two more famous ones of that. That's the woman rising from the seashell with the red hair, and then the pregnant woman with the three charities dancing around her. I'm going to have to do some Googling to find out for sure what it was. <laughs> but, uh, it's hard to keep track of all the art. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy the, the Uffizi the most. And they have all the Roman busts like, in a long hallway, so it's nice and easy to... Um, just go through and you can read all the history of um, of each of each person um, and it, it's nice uh, to track uh, you know that throughout time and the busts were really cool too so yeah but yeah I thought the Uffizi was number three for me uh, but just to go on kind of an aside for Florence uh, we Florence I think the diameter of Florence is like one mile so it's very small and it we stayed at like one end of it um so even going from like the one end that we were at all the way you know one mile to the other end was extremely easy and walkable um the only issue was the number of other tourists that were there um there were a lot of other uh, like there were a lot of big groups um and i'm talking like 50 people with a tour guide um so it was it was really crowded being that there were that many people in such a small space um granted we went in july so mm -hmm. i would imagine that would be the like peak tourism uh, time of the year uh, for them. So I think if we had gone in the off season, uh, you know, in the spring or the fall, um, you know, it might've been a little less crowded. So if you're actually planning a trip to go to Florence um, and are able to accommodate those time frames, I would recommend going in the off season uh, instead of the very middle of summer. But yeah. Yeah. And so there was a Da Vinci room in there and I, Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't there the last couple of times I've done. I think that's relatively new. It's the, I was right. Um, Annunciation, I think, and the adoration of the Magi. They had a couple. We actually, we walked past it. That's right. Yeah, we and couldn't then, we couldn't find the room and then I forget how we realized yeah. it, but then we walked back across half the museum to the go back to thing. the room. I mean, it would yeah, we <laughs> I don't know how we missed it either. It's labyrinth in there. 
Yeah, I thought I was right. I was like, I feel like there were. Yeah, there were. I forgot about that. I think there was there. a Raphael or a couple of Raphaels too. But well, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But I definitely remember there being Da Vinci's. The Raphael angels are, I guess, my favorite works. And then... Oh, no, that's what it was. They had the Raphael in a room. And I don't know if you could... I don't you think you like could go in into the room. It. Yeah. You had to look at it from the, the outside from, hallway. Yeah. That's what it was. Which you used to be able to go into that room because I've gone in yeah. and seen it before, but it was like that wasn't all blocked that great. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, it was Vin- Vin- Annunciation and the Adoration of the Magi, which is, that was a new wing. And that's why we were lost trying to find it. Um, but uh, my favorites are definitely the Botticelli's, which I, my opinion are the most masterful works there. Second to the Da Vinci's. <laughs> I guess that remains to be seen. Um, so my number three was also the Uffizi. I, I think it's probably, I don't know. I really love Museum de Orange and the Museum de Orsay more, I think, than the Louvre just because of the tourists well, that are there. Well, uh, we're doing but France. So. I know we're doing, we're not doing Florence, we're doing Italy, but... Um, I, I, oh, I know, that. we're going to do France. So yeah, yeah. So we also did a smart thing by buying our tickets ahead of time. And we went to like a special corner of the museum and like went and got our tickets. from. Yeah, you can buy the tickets yeah. ahead of time. There's a side, side entrance, entrance that's really difficult to find. But once you do, it, it's relatively easy to get in. But definitely do it. Yeah, at least a few days in advance. That was I. The lines to get in weren't very long. Like we got in pretty quickly because we bought our tickets because before. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, just always seeing Botticelli, La Primavera, I think, and The Birth of Venus are two of my favorite works of art of all time, and I enjoy the the history and the mythology, not only of the works of art but of the building itself. Just that building as a museum has been there basically slightly post-Medici era because the Medici mansion used to be the basically the Uffizi. And just, you know, being in those halls and seeing the city from that scape is incredibly beautiful. Uh, you can see the Domo. It's in the square right by the Domo and walking around the whole thing and enjoying I travel through time like you were talking about with the bust as you walk through and get this really interesting picture of history that I don't think is is normally discussed and these backstories and the mythology of their you know previous religion and the turnover from that and the iconography that goes along with it it's it's just a really good day and it's air-conditioned which, as we mentioned previously, we were there in July, which I would not recommend. Um, but that was a really nice break from from the heat of that day. So I absolutely love it. Anybody who goes there, it's well worth a, a trip and spend a couple hours for sure. Are you giving me the thumbs up like stop talking? No. It seemed like that. I just think right. you encompassed everything. That, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm really eager to get to my number okay, two. Okay, get your number two. <laughs> my number two is a dinner that we had in Florence. Mm. Um, it was the restaurant we went to with my sisters and their families. 
And um, we had heard about the Florentine steak. I'm real big into barbecue. I love steaks and meat. Yes. And was really curious, okay, like what could be so great about it? You know, I wasn't sure how it would compare to, um, you know, going out to a nice steakhouse over here. Like what could possibly be, you know, better, what's different. Um, But we got the Florentine steak and it's basically a a T-bone with a strip and a filet. And I was, I don't want to say it was the best steak I've ever had, Mm. but it was, I can't think of any others that I enjoyed more. And uh, I don't know, I think they're usually about, gosh, at least like 32 ounces. Mm. Um, So it's a big steak and we split it. Um, But we ate, we ate the entire steak. Um, It was amazing. It was perfectly cooked. Um, It was very juicy and tender. It was not chewy at all. Mm. It had wonderful flavor. Um, And I, it had wonderful flavor, but I wouldn't even say like, I thought it was like, like seasoned flavor. I think it was just the the meat, the beef had mm-hmm. that much flavor, um, which, you know, is unusual. I think normally if you go out to a steakhouse, um, you know, in the U.S., you'll get a wonderful steak that you can kind of get a lot of the, the salt and the pepper um, that they use in preparing it. But, you know, I, I think on the, the Florentine steak, it, it was one of the few that I've had where like the the quality of the beef actually stands out and is like really what is most prominent, um, you know, in the steak. It was just a beef, and it was a production. Like they brought it out, and everybody in the restaurant just kind of stops and watches as this like trolley comes out. <laughs> I don't know what you were looking at. I was watching the steak, not all the other people in the restaurant. I was watching their faces. I mean, it was just, it was like um, someone had brought out like a magic show and um, how they prepared it and put it on the table. And of course, Belle was at our feet in the restaurant and uh, got very, very interested in what was going on up there. But I think she got brought some fresh pecorino cheese and some other little ham bits i think she was she was good they were very attentive um and obviously enjoyed the bone on our balcony when we got back to our uh airbnb but it i agree with you the actual flavor of the meat is almost i i will have to say unparalleled i mean i can't remember having a steak um that had all of the qualities that you want for it and obviously i'm a extraordinarily picky meat eater and so uh, my my standards were very high. So my number two, actually in juxtaposition to your meat description, was all of the amazing seafood that we had in Italy. I don't normally think of it, uh, you know, in association. And for a girl that loves New Orleans food as much as I do and loves fish and those flavorings as much as I do, I was not expecting to have 
this seafood love spring forward from Italian cooking, especially in Venice, uh, which makes sense just being that it's an island. <laughs> but uh, you always think of Italian cooking as, you know, pizza and pasta. But this was one of the best seafood experiences I've had outside of New Orleans. One of my favorites, I think, was in Venice. We went back to this restaurant twice as well, Casa Bonita. And why are you shaking your head? No, we went to the one place the first night we were there. Mm -hmm. And we went to this then, place for dinner, and then we went for lunch the next day before we left. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay, well, we did. I thought they were closed. They were. No. They were closed for lunch. We went somewhere else. Okay, no. They opened at 11.30 and we waited until they were open. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I have pictures. I literally have a picture of you on the blog that I'm looking at right now. What, what time? During the day. <laughs> I will show you the timestamp for the photo, but it is... You sure that's not a different place that we it, went? No, this is it. And it's 11.30 in the morning. Because the other time we went was at night. We could have gone a different place no, that next not, the night before. This was, <laughs> I'm not discussing it. I have photographic evidence. But they um, they do a dish um, called, I think it's arribata, which means uh, angry. So it's it's referring to the spicy red tomato sauce that brings the entire dish together. And it's pasta with all of the like fresh local seafood. So it changes slightly depending on what it is. Um, so lobsters, mussels, um, scallops, clams, uh, really whatever is like kind of fresh in there. And uh, Charles mentioned the other amazing fish dish that we had in Pisa. And I just really had a wonderful time eating the seafood there, which for me and, and my standards coming from New Orleans seafood is pretty high. And the setting was so beautiful. I mean, sitting on the side of the canals in Venice and having seafood that was caught just, you know, right there uh, the night before or the day before and enjoying that amazing dish was was quite an experience and just made you very very grateful for being able to uh to be there and experience that and the beautiful beautiful colors of the food and the country so uh the seafood for me was just bella that's what it was so are you at your number one, Charles? Yes. Okay. So my number one was the time we spent in the Cinco Terre with my family. Mm. Um, uh, one of the, I guess there were several other things that you didn't mention that I wanted to go ahead and add. Mm. Um, one of them was the little restaurant that we went to for dinner. Maybe the first night we were there, which... Where? In Chigotere? Yeah. Um, which, like, the house was off in the countryside. Mm -hmm. There are really no restaurants. We, we went and ate at basically what was, like, a half market, half restaurant. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the people didn't really even speak English. Not at all. <laughs> so that was, uh, you know, a little difficult to um, convey our orders. But the pizza was amazing. Oh, it was great. Um, it was almost up there with the pizza we had in Rome. Um, and the, as you mentioned, with all our dietary restrictions, um, the owner was like very... I don't even know how to describe it, but he was, he wanted to make sure everything was perfect and everything was yeah. taken care of and everything was as we wanted or needed it. Um, so that was great. Poor Kate, who wasn't hungry, yeah. and he walked oh, her yeah. into the market and was like, pick out whatever you want. If you don't want pizza, tell me what you want to eat. He just like, he was making, because again, he couldn't speak English. He was making, pulling his fingers down his face from his eyes, making like the crying gesture because he was sad that she wasn't enjoying the meal with everyone. <laughs> but there's that. Then also, um, one day we went and did uh, a few tastings um, with my parents. We went and did uh, an olive oil tasting. At, I don't remember the name of it offhand, um, but it was a small family-owned olive oil company. Ferrantonio Moro. Yes. Um, but they took us through and gave us a tour of their production facility um, and then brought us back inside to do the actual tasting. And, of course, they do a bunch more stuff other than olive oil. Um but I mean, the olive oil was amazing. We've actually ordered from them um, subsequently. But we took home a bunch of stuff from there. We, mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> bought all the flour <laughs> that I had well, to haul. Well, it's a mill as well. So it, they, they produce flour and cornmeal. And... Yeah, so I, I carried that in my carry-on. You mean when you got stopped at customs because it looks it. like a kilo of cocaine? Through customs, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then we also got a bunch of other stuff from them, and you know, like uh, you know, garlic and olive oil, like a bunch of seasoning, and uh, you know, all that stuff was amazing. Um, and then we went to a uh, a vineyard uh, mm -hmm. as well. Um, and did a tour of the vineyard and Lavigny. it was really interesting hearing um you know what types of wine they made and why they make that type of wine and you know basically why their grapes are good for that type of wine i guess mm. um and actually i think the best wine that we had was was it a chardonnay no chardonnay is from south of france oh it was a white wine what was the one that we were so shocked was like as juicy and vibrant because we usually don't drink white wines uh, other than uh, other than pinot grigio yeah um, so we still actually have the book of the wines on our bar <laughs> and I'm flipping well, through it right now. Well, we ordered a case and brought brought a case home. We did. Um, yeah, I actually brought a bottle for each of my coworkers. 
to thank them for covering while I was gone. Yeah, I'm looking and I, it doesn't tell me what type of wine it is. I'm trying to remember what they called it. I mean, I don't think it was like Sauvignon Blanc. The or... name of the wine was Albarola, which was just like the title. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't actually list <laughs> a type of wine. But anyway, it was uh, a white wine and it was... Uh, I usually don't like sweet juicy white wines um, but this one was very juicy but it wasn't very sweet um, and I've never experienced uh, such a, like a burst of vibrant flavors um, in a white wine like that and thought it was amazing um, and then uh, all the reds that we had were good the rosé was really good I think we should have one more bottle of the rosé don't we yeah it's in the wine fridge yeah, it's mostly beer Oh, well, then I don't know where it is. Did you drink it? I could have. I don't remember doing it. We'll have to talk about this after the podcast. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but anyway, it was, a, you know, just a local family winery, um, you know, from the region. And, you know, just getting to experience all that, uh, you know, on that day trip with my parents was really nice. Hmm. And then... And Belle. Uh, and Belle, yes, of course. Uh, but then also, you know, just the whole trip in general, uh, you know, getting to, uh, you know, to spend all that time with, you know, the whole family there together, uh, you know, it was really nice. So I think for me, that was my number one. I mean, Italy really is a country that celebrates family and, and togetherness. So I think it was part of that. My number one is the olive oil and wine tasting as well. Uh, it's just... I was wondering if you were uh, holding yeah, that back. Uh, you didn't mention it in uh, the first part. I was like, ah. You, <laughs> absolutely everything about it from start to finish. I, I got the contact. I had reached out to our host that we rented the house through. Massimo. God. Oh, I am so sad I never got to meet him. <laughs> As are apparently my nephews and nieces. <laughs> he was beautiful, you guys. I like went onto the company's website and they have like a directory of people. Oh my god, beautiful man, beautiful, beautiful man. Anyway, but more importantly, an amazing that's, host. That's not here. Who coordinated our trip? <laughs> I just remember finding it and I like screenshotted it and sent it to Nan and Julie, your sisters. <laughs> He almost was like a legend. <laughs> that, like, oh, are we going to get to meet Massimo? <laughs> yes. Because um, I was like, this is who I'm talking with. And they were like, oh, my God, does he give personal tours? And I'm like, it's exactly right. And um, All right, So your number one was Massimo. <laughs> well, I didn't get to meet him or it may have been. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I went, I texted with him back and forth, not to brag. But... Um, I originally, when we rented the house, you know, they said that, you know, if we need anything around there. And so he and I had been texting back and forth cause I had asked, uh, there was listed a pet fee for a dog if you had one. And so I sent them or him a picture of Belle and I was like, this is the dog we're bringing. And he's like, yeah, you don't have to pay anything for her. And he, um, 
so he and I had talked and it's like, we really want to go olive oil tasting and wine tasting. And so he put me in touch with this local company, Frentonio Moro, and a local vineyard. And again, these aren't like the big fancy ones that if you go into like the deep part of the Chianti region are going to be like chateaus. No, we were in the countryside. Super countryside. There was literally no, no. development of almost any kind. It's rolling it hills. Was, and, and it was l- as local, I think, as you can probably get. Yeah. Like I, the pizza restaurant that in Market that we walked down, to, or well, we walked down to it um, from our, our house, and it... We, when I say we walked down, we literally walked down the road. There were no sidewalks or anything. No. Um, and when you're driving through the countryside, you're literally going through like the tiniest of, I, I wouldn't even call them towns. No. Um, we were like out away from. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. You're in the middle of yeah, the Yeah, it was wonderful. Like, uh, it was wonderful, wonderful to get away from that, uh, away from all the touristy um, places that we had been like Florence, um, and kind of experienced just like a countryside, countryside lifestyle. Yeah. Um, the olive oil place though, was the first place we had gone. We had scheduled, you know, the tasting and I had emailed with them back and forth and there was someone there who was going to do the tour for us in English. And, um, I made sure Belle could come, which she could. And we, you know, we walk in and it's just so freaking quaint. Like, we walk into, like, their little store, which is, tiny like, a little, little tiny thing. Little shop. And there's, like, one little wooden bench. Like, in the not corner. bench. It's, like, a table. But, like, booth. Wooden booth in the corner with, like, cushions. And, like, it's all laid out. Like, all of these, you know, spoons and forks. And there's oh, and the wine, pesto. I knew there was something else. Uh, whatever the chocolate balsamic sauce thing we had was that was amazing at the end. Um, the this, Olive oil bread. Oh, God. The mom, who didn't speak any English at all, but like was trying, had made this olive oil bread, which she gave me the recipe for, and I still have to adapt because B and I tried to make it, and they don't have um, like active dry yeast over there, so they make everything with... like regular like you make the yeast like sourdough yeast and so we could not get ours to rise like hers but i'm I'm gonna figure that out but i mean just every single component of it just made my heart smile and the way that they talked about the olive oil and the trees and how they reacted to it and where they shipped their products and what olives they took from the local you know growers and oh yeah it's all from all from their region, the local region, and like how they inspected, and they've been there for sixty years, and like the and dad growers that they've worked with worked for with that for long. Years. I mean, the whole thing was just like an Italian movie. I mean, it was just beautiful, and they could not have been more gracious and welcoming. Like I didn't want to leave. Is basically what I felt like. I mean, it was just a home feeling. With complete strangers and truthfully, some of the best food I probably had in Italy was at that table. I mean, everything just tasted delicious and 
they're pouring us wine and we're talking and an expat American comes in with her husband that's that's on the cruise and like he like sails cruise ships or something and like the whole thing was just a a hoot and we brought a bunch of the jars back and and shared everything with him for dinner and after that, we went to find the winery, and there was a wine museum, which brought you through the history oh, of the yeah. entire region, and they had some of the original tools and photographs of the family that was on that land from, like, the 1920s, like, old black and white photographs of, like, everyone that had been making wine in that region. Oh, it was and past that. It was back into the 1800s, 1800s, yeah. I mean, like, like, early, 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 and you just felt this sense of community and passion and love and again we were like the only ones in this entire facility like there was no other tastings we went up to the tasting room and it's a big empty. it's not like a it's, hall but it, it's banquet. a large room yeah, yeah. we were literally you know there's probably 15 tables in there and we're literally the only people in there well and it's a distillery too and they make limoncino oh, yeah. not limoncello because that's from the well, they south they make both they had limoncello and limoncino well, they had rose chino. But then a and bunch like, of other, yeah, a bunch of other variants that were different than anything that you would find over here. So remarkably just unique. It was a different wine tasting experience. Having earlier last year gone to, you know, Napa um, with Lacey, with our friend Lacey, and uh, having had that kind of more traditional in my mind wine tasting experience. And by the way, I think the olive oil tasting was like 25 euros a person. I don't even think it was that much. It was like nothing. Uh, It was like 10 or 15. Yeah, it was nothing. And the wine tasting, I think as well, was like, I I, I can't remember, but it was like in comparison to what I paid Well, they don't charge you for the tasting. They, they, They get you on the... $300 $300 in wine that we bought and shipped back. We didn't. It was like 125 euro to ship that back. And the wine, I think they have the prices in there. It's like 10 euros a bottle or something. I mean, it was not expensive. Yeah. Um, the shipping was, you know, obviously what cost. But it was, I mean, again, for a whole case of wine, I think it was $150. Because I think it was 120 some euros, something like that. And I mean that's not that's not horribly priced. Like that's a really good price for wine here. So not mad about it. But the experience in general, we walked through the vineyards, the museum, the distillery, the tasting room, and just the pride they had in like every single aspect of it just warmed my little tiny heart and obviously Belle had a really good time too. Everyone loved her. All right, those are my top five and your top five. Do you, did discussing this give you any idea of superlatives? Nope. Okay, so I'll run through a few of mine, and then maybe it'll like spawn something in you. Oh, the one thing I did think of was there it is the well the restaurants in Venice. Yeah, um, we had that one really bad meal. The first night, yeah. No, that one was okay, but we didn't know that the oh, what was it the seafood platter or whatever was per pound yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. by weight so we get a bill for 120 dollars. and they won't <laughs> accept credit cards after midnight because the machines all go down so 
Coco goes with her debit card to try to find an ATM on the island. Uh, but that, that meal is actually good on its own. Um, but the, the two meals that we had after that for dinner and lunch that were good mm. were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had the other meal that was really bad. In Venice? For lunch. Oh, yeah. At the train station? No. Where? At the restaurant. Oh, the one Lottie recommended. Yeah. Oh, Lottie. Um, yeah. It, they didn't have anyone that spoke English, so that was a problem. And oh, gosh, I kept some trying of to the speak Italian, Spanish to some them. Some of the Italian words on the menu oof, were the same as English words that meant something else. Yeah. So we, yeah, we had difficulty ordering That's like there. pepperoni, pepperoni. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think the the Venice meals that you mentioned were really really good and yeah, uh, would make my superlatives and I don't know if I depending on what day you ask me might make the top your five. list. Oh, I just I loved it and it was a surprise to me, right? But as good as that food was, the seafood, I still think the seafood, the fish that you got at that restaurant, pizza was better than. I don't know. The spiciness of that red sauce was just something that was was so beautifully unique. I think, too, having just come from Paris where we had just that beautiful richness of the butter and sauces, it just, like, that red seafood was a nice change for my palate. All right, so my superlatives, one you're you're definitely not going to have, but one is the experience getting my beautiful gold straw Gucci hat at Gucci in Italy. Don't even, it was wonderful. It was one of those things where I like walked by it in the window and I saw it. You just muted yourself so that you could laugh at me. Oh, you have to cough. Okay. That's acceptable. I just, uh, there it is. I had to cough. (laughs) I knew it had to be mine and you know you go into the store and it's very similar to like you know in Chanel in Paris and they just someone's with you like a, a dossier almost like following you around to make sure you don't steal anything no I mean they're literally there to help us and like well, there are like 80 security guards I know there. everywhere everywhere I know I it, <laughs> but it just them wrapping it up and the big hat box and just the just pageantry of it all like you really felt like you were getting something special <laughs> i would rather them shave 50 or 100 dollars off the price and oh my God. do you want to know how much that hat is in the u.s <laughs> no it doesn't okay. matter okay i'm just saying it's a lot more here but it doesn't God matter <laughs> it's basically free it doesn't matter it's basically not. free it's well, I feel special every time I wear it, and I remember going into that store and the entire experience of it, and it just makes me smile, and I loved it. Glad you loved enjoyed it. it. Uh, one of my other superlatives was just riding the trains in Italy. Other than that nope. really horrible nope. experience. Nope. 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 Other than the really horrible experience between the, Florence and Pisa. The train ride to Pisa. We, are, we have all of our luggage... There's no seating. Mm-hmm. There's no storage for the luggage. Mm. So we basically are standing in the middle compartment between cars, which is not air conditioned. The cars were air conditioned. So periodically the door would open 
<laughs> we would get a little bit. Okay. Luckily, that AC. was only like 45 minutes. It was not. It, it was okay. like... It may have felt longer. It was like eight hours. No. <laughs> but the other train rides between Venice and Florence and between the Cinque Terre and, and Rome, I thought were lovely. We went and got some wine. We played cards. We had nice seats. We now had no problem with Belle. You know, we, you know, just had, I thought we had a really lovely time going around the country. For me, that was, that was really, really fun. Other than the pizza one. Yep. <laughs> other than the pizza one. Um, and then the other superlative, um, the markets that we got to go to, the food markets. The market in Florence, we didn't get to spend enough time there, time but there. it was really cool. Really, really good. Um, they had a bunch of vendors, and I, I guess we didn't get to make it up to the second floor to go get lunch. Mm. Um, but it looked really cool. I wish we would have been able to spend a little more time there. Yeah, um, I agree. And we didn't talk about Rome a lot, but I truthfully, we other than the pizza, we were there for a day. And I've had a lot better time in Rome, but it was so hot. It was so crowded. There were so many tourists. We didn't do the Colosseum. We didn't do the Vatican. We did the Colosseum at night. We didn't go in. We didn't. And we, we did, did not take a tour of the. We Coliseum. went during the day. And we walked we around. Walked yeah. around and looked at the outside of the Colosseum. Yeah. That's not doing the Colosseum. No. So. Oh, and it was miserable. It was well, we knew so we were hard. only there for one day yeah. and wanted to. I think experience a little more of the city instead of seeing, um, you know, the the bigger tourist sites that would take probably a day on their own to do, and we knew we would probably be back there at some point. Yeah. So um, not in July. Again, we had to like coordinate schedules with your family and everything. So uh, you know, summertime yeah. is is really what worked for them. But yeah, I think we've learned our lesson there, and. I, truthfully, my last one and just final thought on Italy was the just the pace of life over there. And I think that's for Europe in general with me, but especially Italy and being with your whole family and that idea of family and slowing down and enjoying every meal and every moment was really just bella. It was beautiful for me. Right, Belle? She's taking a big stretch right now. Did you have a good time in Italy, little girl? <laughs> All right, anything else you want to add, baby? Nope. Would Thinking you good. go back to Italy? Maybe. You want to go back to France more? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're my husband. I love you. All right, well, that is all for this week's episode of Tea with Coco. I am Coco Lake Chanel, and I am joined by... Coco's best friend, her oh, husband, Charles. God. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> and we hope that you guys gleam something. There is an article posted on the website, cocolakechanel.com, called Bella Figura. If you want to see some of these in writing and feel free to always contact us, please rate and review us five stars. And until next time, laissez les bons temps relais and everyone have a great day.